0: Everybody's going to have hardship in, in life. There's always going to be obstacles, always, for everybody. It doesn't matter if you are born rich or poor, you're going to have obstacles. You have to have a positive mindset, a positive outlook on life. From there, nothing can really stop you.
1: Welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are, whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss, to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Face because Abel Gonzalez was a season six competitor on American Ninja Warrior, where I saw him for the first time and was truly amazed. And now he is in the audition process for season seven. Abel hails from Chicago and lives now in Texas, where he is co owner of Ground Zero Gym and works with kids and works with other athletes and is developing ninjas all over the place. Abel, I'd love for you to introduce yourself a little bit in your own way words, and then we'll jump into your story.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, first, thanks for having me.
1: Well, and Abel, I know you're catching. We're catching you on the road today, and folks, you'll hear some background noise, and that's because Abel was kind enough to talk to us in the middle of his day at Ground Zero Gym in Edinburgh, Texas. And things just don't slow down there, do they, Abel?
0: No, it's 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 surprising because of the show. I ended up, you know, not working anymore, but I've just been more busy than I've ever been in my life. So it's really crazy. But yeah, <laughs> the gym is just something that's incredible to have and it's great to keep on building on it and promoting it and, and having people come by for free and, and have fun, train like a ninja.
1: Well, Abel, I know that a lot of people are familiar with American Ninja Warrior, and we have listeners in lots of countries, not just in the United States. And I know that American Ninja Warrior has variations of on the same theme in other countries. But for those who are not familiar, can you tell them a little bit about that competition?
0: Yeah, American Ninja Warrior is being broadcast right now by NBC. It, it was on its sixth season, which is the one that I first came out and tried on tried out on it's a it's kind of a mock a mock of um ninja warrior japan which is called sasuke and that one's been going on for almost 20 years now and and they've only had three winners in 20 years they they ended up bringing it over here in their version it's called american ninja warrior and uh, it's been on for six years and no one's beat it yet so they're still looking for the first and all of us really want to be that first person to be great.
1: No, so nobody's ever won the finals in Vegas, right? Yeah,
0: not here in American soil. Nope.
1: My money's no. on you, Abel.
0: I'm really going at it. This it was my first year. It was my first time trying, and I made it. You know, I was in the top ten at one point, so it's pretty cool to be able to to say that. And I remember taking the photos there in Vegas, and I'm looking at all these guys around me, and they're the best of the best. I can't believe I even earned the right to stand here in the photo with him. So I can't wait to try it again. And hopefully I'll get picked and, and get up there and get my opportunity again.
1: Well, it's pretty crazy stuff, guys. I mean, I'm not, I confess, I'm not a huge TV watcher, but somebody said, you got to see this, you got to see this. And as a former gymnast, and by former, I mean, approximately 1 million years ago, it got my attention. The things that you guys do on this show and the way that you train is just crazy, Abel. give, Give the audience just like examples of something that's a part of your normal training specific to the obstacle training
0: um a normal training like on a normal day i can do a pull-up with 100 pounds strapped to my waist
1: yeah me too me too abel me too
0: yeah yeah a lot of people say i can do that within my dreams so it's really cool to be able to say you're that strong um and it really is a, a kind of like a hidden strength it's really on the inside as far as you know your ligaments and tendons how strong are they your muscles may be strong enough but if the tendons aren't you won't do the move you know your body will say no but uh yeah that's one thing i can do i know um i'm pretty good on my hands i can you know walk up and down stairs on my hands and so that helps with uh, certain obstacles like ropes and things like that
1: and i saw um one of the some of the things on the course you're literally doing with just your fingertips like your entire body weight and you're you're only really able to use your fingertips to support to yeah. carry to move
0: it's they're making it even more difficult now so you have to it's an obstacle called the cliffhanger and you have to go across on just your fingertips and you also actually had to do like pull-ups to kind of reach up to the next level and then reach down <laughs> They're making it very difficult for us, but there are a lot of guys out there that are very strong. And I'm getting I'm getting to that point where I can do these things with my fingertips pretty easily too now.
1: Um, your fingertips are stronger than the average human's like, entire body and force. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. And, and it, it's so difficult that no one's even made it to stage four yet in America.
1: Crazy. Well, if you haven't seen it, guys, get on YouTube, stat, and check it out. Fingers crossed, Abel. I have no doubt yeah. we'll be seeing you in season seven. No doubt.
0: Really, really looking forward to it because uh, the first season I was just kind of under the radar. No one knew about me, and I didn't get any any recognition. I didn't get picked, and then when I go over there, you know, I waited in line for five days just for an opportunity in Dallas. And then uh, I ended up beating the, the course. I was the first person that night to beat it, and uh, I actually beat an obstacle that was new. So I was the first person to beat that obstacle oh. in American Jewelry history. So it's kind of cool to have that little piece. But yeah, I was the only walk-on to beat the city finals also.
1: You waited five days?
0: Me and my friend Nathan Hassel really, really wanted to be on the show. He wanted to give it a shot. And I told him, hey, if we're going to do this, we got to be there early. Because just because you're in line doesn't mean you get a chance. That means that you just waited in line. Uh, they usually take about the first uh, 10 to 20 people in line. And then after that, you don't get no more chance after that. Oh, my so, um Yeah, I told him we got to go early. And and, uh, I had got a message from a friend of mine, Sam, Sam, who I had trained with, you know, the month before. And he said, hey, I got a text that there's three people in line. I'm like, okay, then I'm leaving tonight. So we left and we drove seven hours and we literally waited 20 hours a day in line for five days.
1: I mean, it worked, Abel. I mean, you were that that passion got you somewhere and it was life changing. But holy cow, you didn't know that when you did it, did you?
0: No. And what was scary, too, is when I got in line, they actually told me, it's like, just because you're in line doesn't mean you're going to get an opportunity. The, the production will go through the line and say, OK, you get a shot. OK, you do. It doesn't matter what order you were. And I was like, man, I better get my shot because I know I can do this. I really tried to make sure they at least uh, knew that I was there waiting.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, we could take a little lesson from that. I mean, that is passion and that is dedication and that is no surprise. So anyone who talks to you for longer than five minutes knows that that's what you're all about. And guys, just to give you a little bit of insight, Abel was actually, he played semi pro football back in the day in your early twenties, Abel, and you've always been athletic and I know you've done tough mutters. I know you've excelled at a couple of other sports too. Has it all been easy for you?
0: No, definitely not. I do believe that being born athletic was was something that I was given, but taking care of my body was something that I had to learn, you know, so there was a point in my life where, yeah, I was overweight and I had, you know, a very serious autoimmune disease, uh, rheumatoid arthritis that was really starting to slow me down when I got in my early 20s and it was literally just going to put me in a wheelchair. It It was really bad. It was very fast and it was destroying my body. And uh, it scared me because I had always thought it was just pains from getting older. You know, as we get older, we, we expect to have joint pain and things. But uh, not only did I have like an unbearable pain, but I also had, you know, physical changes in my joints that I could see with my eyes. And that was what really scared me. So that's when I went into the doctor and then was told that I had, you know, I had rheumatoid arthritis, autoimmune disease.
1: That's amazing. So you went from playing semi-pro football to then being diagnosed with that? Is that the chain of events?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. I ended up playing semi-pro football, even though I was I was kind of hurting a little bit before then, but it wasn't enough to stop me or anything like that. It was just noticeable. And then I was playing, and I was doing very well, and then I just got hurt out of nowhere. And I was like, man, I've never been hurt playing sports at all in my entire life. I ended up uh, having my left arm ripped out just because somebody landed on it. So I had a, a – it's called a subluxation where your arm comes out of the socket, and then it goes back in on its own. But during that, that half a second, I literally tore – part of my tricep part of my bicep part of my pec and and my shoulder so it visibly looks different from my right arm and i was like i've never really been hurt before and then all of a sudden i get hurt and then i broke my finger and all kinds of things started happening i was like man my body must be something wrong so it was it was scary to go from being nearly indestructible in high school football which i also played i was running back in high school and i Again, and I felt indestructible, and then all of a sudden, in my early twenties, I just started falling apart, falling apart.
1: How many years did you wander around in the desert of not knowing what was going on with you?
0: Yeah, I look at it now, and it was almost two years where I was just on wow. painkillers, and it, it it was it's kind of fast compared to other rheumatoid arthritis sufferers, but. It was, uh, it just got so serious really quick that I didn't want to lose my ability to walk. And that's what I was told was ha- was going to happen. And I was like, I've been athletic and moving my whole life. You can't, you know, I don't want no one to ever take that away from me. So if I was taking away from myself by not taking care of my body and not eating healthy, then I was definitely going to stop it.
1: So you were healthy and fit and doing your thing. And you were invincible, as you said, and, and, and quite an athlete, but you, you weren't doing what you weren't eating. Well, Is that what it was, was it, was it your nutrition? What was it?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely had a huge part of it. Um, I know that if um, I hadn't realized that I needed to start taking care of myself, so that I can, you know, not only just keep my life going the way I wanted it to, I wanted to get healthier and stronger as I got older, not weaker and, and lose my ability to move. And as I looked into it, I started figuring out that you know that this is an autoimmune disease, and it can be triggered by nutrition and things like that. I started making little changes, and I started getting better, you know, pretty quick. But uh, just because my body was getting better didn't mean like my, my life was getting better. My, I was uh, having a hard time with relationship with my brothers. And when I was 20, I ended up getting legal custody with them. But uh, our relationship wasn't going great. You know, I was very negative and they didn't want to be around me. And I couldn't believe that. I was like, how could my little brothers, ones who i have been taken care of, not want to be around? me? So I was like, I had to start doing some, you know, self-examination of who am I and what am I doing that people don't want to be around me. And it was just really, you know, my mindset and my view on life was very negative at that point.
1: So you're in your early 20s, you're an athlete, and you're at your physical peak, and then you start disintegrating somewhere in that timeline, and you take custody of your brothers. How many brothers, Abel?
0: Yeah, um, I have four brothers, and um, during the divorce, we were separated. So two were sent to Texas to live with my dad, and two stayed up there with my mom. And um, I had always, you know, being the big brother— I have an older sister, but being the big brother, you know, that was a very big issue for me. And I loved having my brothers around. out. You know, it was just they're my or they everything that I loved about life. So then to be separated was real tragic and it was very traumatic to me. So uh, when I was 17, I went up there. I asked my mom if I can bring them down to Texas where me and my other brother, Matthew, who's one year younger than me, could take care of them. And she said, no, she said, no, you're too young. There's no way you two can take care of them too. And, you know, you're not even out of high school yet. And I was like, okay, well, then I'll just stay here. So I stayed up there with 18 and 19 and I, and I finished school and, and I got a good job and I started working. And when I was 20 years old, I asked her again, you know, I said, hey, I want to take Eddie and Jacob back to Texas. You know, me and Matthew will take care of them. For the three years I was there, I was able to prove that I could take care of them. And she let me uh, let me get custody of them. So we did some paperwork and I brought them down to Texas. Me and Matthew took care of them.
1: Abel, that is incredible. So you found yourself with the responsibility of your own physical health. You found yourself with the responsibility of your brothers, and you're going through this this thing where you feel like you don't where your life doesn't feel together and you don't quite know what's wrong but you know that you're not in the place that you want to be mentally like with your mindset what did you do what changed
0: my younger brother Matthew he would tell me things like hey man I noticed that you're being more negative and things like that and just noting stuff that I wasn't seeing you know because it's just I was kind of blocking myself out to it but he was he's very wise and he helped me out you know he helped me learn ways to change my my view on life my thought process and from a negative one to a positive one and and that was when you start to realize that uh, it was really big for me to realize that the world wasn't against me you know being being born in Chicago and it was very dangerous over there and I saw a lot of things that you know kids aren't supposed to see you know that wasn't that wasn't just life picking on me that was just my situation but I can still take that and, and come out and be better be better than it.
1: And I know, Abel, that now that you travel and you speak to kids, you speak to students on a regular basis now, I know this is a big part of what you do. What do you tell them?
0: Um, I, I tell them the same thing. I tell them, hey, you know, life is not perfect and it, it can be hard and it can be better for some and and, and a lot harder on others. But either way, what's going to make your life you know, better out of it is you. You're the one that can better your situation. Everybody's going to have hardship in, in life. There's always going to be obstacles, always for everybody. doesn't matter if you're born rich or poor, you're going to have obstacles. You have to have a positive mindset, a positive outlook on life. From there, nothing can really stop you. Because if you take that mindset, you can apply it to everything physical that you do, and you're going to excel. If you don't like your situation or if you know it's bad, then there are things that you can do, active things. Like, you know, you always hear people say, hey, you know, you got to be more positive. You got to be more positive. You can't just do that. You have to seek it. You got to talk to people. You got to read books. You got to really make an effort to be positive. And once you do that, then everything else just falls into place.
1: Yeah, it's a choice, isn't it? I mean, that's something that that's not my immediate nature, that's not my inherent nature. I mean, it's literally a choice every day.
0: Yes, it is and, and I don't wake up and say, "Oh, I'm going to be positive today." No, it's just now that's just who I am. You know, that's what I've done. It took a couple of years to get that mentality, but now the other mentality, you know, it might it might creep over once and I'll be like, "Nope." That's not me no where that's not the way it is. I I'm doing great things. I'm happy with where I am in life and then where I'm going. So there's no reason to have any type of negative thoughts and I I really, really tell everybody that's the first thing you can do. Once you do that, everything else falls into place. Then you want to take care of your body. Then you want to eat healthy. Then you want to exercise. You want to do these things that that most people kind of dread. You don't.
1: Yeah, we've spoken before, and one of the things that you said that I actually made a note of at the time because I thought it was so powerful, you said, you know, if your mindset's not right, your body won't change. Yeah, well, that's Obviously, you can manipulate it to get some results, but over the long run, when we're talking sustainability, if your mind is not right, the body won't change. Can you, can you expand on that a little bit?
0: I was always a great athlete, always, but I didn't have a positive mindset, and it wasn't until I did that where my health went through the roof that comes from being a personal trainer too i was training people for a while and i noticed that you know there were some people that responded really well to it and some that wasn't and it was always because they had a negative mindset so if if, no matter how good of a personal trainer i was no matter how well i had a nutrition plan for them it wasn't going to succeed at all if they didn't have a positive mindset and believe that they could work and they believe in themselves so that's a real that's another thing that i go around to you have to believe in yourself you have to know that you can do it When I went to wait in line for five days, nobody knew that I quit my job. You know, I had a really good job, but I believed in myself. And uh, I didn't make that decision by myself. I I called the, you know, the four closest people to me and I asked them, hey, I think I can do this show. I really believe I can do it. What do you guys think? Should I quit my job, which paid me really well? Should I quit it and go try out, you know, and risk it all? And uh, three out of the four said, yeah, man, we believe in you, you can do it. Yeah, so I quit that day and I ended up driving down and waited and this is where I'm at now. Wow. But I had had to believe in myself, and I had to have a positive mind.
1: Well, what do you tell people who have – and I'm putting you on the spot because, guys, uh, as you've probably deduced by now, this show is not scripted. So you've probably figured that out. (laughs) So, Abel, I'm going to put you on the spot, and I want to know – Literally, if you're standing in front of somebody who has never been fed that information by their parents or the people who raised them or the people that they surround, they choose to surround themselves by, um, because that's a choice, too, and it's an important one. And if they're fed negative messages about themselves all the time and that's the tape they're playing in their own head, like what practical tips do you have for them like what can someone do if they're not if they don't know how to make a different choice able like they say that's great but those are just words like how do i make that real what do you tell somebody and again i'm sorry i'm totally putting you on the spot but i really want to know
0: um i think one of the things too is that you have to appreciate life i mean you're you're here for a reason if you if you look at life before you were born what do you remember there's nothing So all of a sudden, I'm here in this world and I'm given an opportunity. I'm given a circumstance, but I'm also given an opportunity to come out of that. And everybody's given an opportunity because you're given choice. So I tell them, hey, you're either going to make this yours or it's going to just ruin you and you're going to waste your one life that you were given. So, yeah, take life, appreciate it. That way you can improve your, your person. Go for that positive attitude and it's gonna bring everything else around. It'll all come around if you just stay positive and, and really pursue it.
1: Well, you are living testimony to that fact. Is there any resource that you like that you would that you ever direct people to or that you would suggest people go check out? Anything that worked for you? Or is your brother Matthew available?
0: <laughs> <laughs> My brother Matthew, yeah. Uh, he's a great guy. And yeah, um, you really wanna to go to people who are already successful who have already kind of went through a similar situation. There are a lot of people that they tell me, he's like, yeah, well, you're, that's good for you, but I was overweight. Oh, that's good for you, but I'm sick. Or, yeah, I, but I have kids. I was like, I've been through it all. I have been sick. I have been overweight. I raised two kids. They weren't mine, but they were my brothers, but I raised them. You know? So your situation, again, is invalid. Everybody else has gone through it. So how did I come out and you're not? It's because you're not actively pursuing this this knowledge of positive mind and and health. And that's not just going to happen. They're going to have to actively seek this knowledge and then apply it to their life. So they're going to have to read. They're going to have to talk to people who've gone through it, things like that. It really does take time and and they have to put in the effort. If you want to help the world or help people around you or to make an impact and inspire people, if you don't take care of yourself first, no one will see it. I took care of myself. I got better. I did all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, I'm on the show where everybody can see it. Yeah. I wasn't seeking that first. I was yeah. taking care of myself first. There's a lot of people trying to help everybody else around them when they're, when they're the ones that need the most help. And it seems a little selfish at first, but in reality, if you're healthy, then you can help other people get healthy. You got to be on, on your game too. And there are tons of books out there and and um videos on YouTube. So you just really got to actively seek this and and want it so that you can improve your life.
1: Especially now, it's so much easier to find resources and people to inspire you or help you and things you used to have to pay for. You can get online now for free and you, or you can listen to podcasts. I, I love what you said. Your excuse is invalid. <laughs> like Next. <laughs> I love yeah,
0: it. Yeah, it really is because uh, I know I put one of my posts up on the Vegas run and I said, well, this is for anyone who's ever had to take care of siblings. Anyone who's ever had to do take responsibility. Anybody who's ever tried to lose weight. Anyone who was ever seriously sick. Anyone who's ever been seriously injured. This is for you. I went and I killed the course as a rookie and I posted that and, and it blew up you know it got thousands of views and things like that but it's true I went through it all too I was poor growing up we were even homeless at times my father was abusive my mom you know I went through a divorce and my mom was not very you know she didn't take care of me either so I've been abandoned I've been you know there's been abuse in my life so the list goes on and on and on but what it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. Because there's always a way to come out. People have come out through worse than what you're going through now. That's a really, really good point because, hey, I, it could have been worse. It could have been worse for me. So I took all of that and said, I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to keep on moving forward with this. And, and taking care of my body was one of those things. But really, the mind comes first. And then from there, you can you can, literally, if I didn't change my mindset, my body wouldn't have changed. If I wouldn't have changed my body, I wouldn't have made it to the show. So it was a lot of things that I had to do and they all lined up. But me first changing my mindset was the first thing.
1: Thank you, Abel. I really appreciate you being willing to share with us and being able to share some of the, you know, some of the challenges that are very personal to you, because I think that other people can relate to it. And if they can't relate to it, they can say, well, crap, I don't have anywhere near the challenges this guy has. And that's also very useful, Abel. I want to talk about fitness for a minute, because I know you have experience as a personal trainer, and you definitely have experience being an all around amazing athlete. And I want you to share some of your philosophy about about how to get there because not everybody can cross a doorknob obstacle course using <laughs> just their fingertips yeah. <laughs> and some of those, <laughs> those pull-ups that you'd have to jump for the what is that horrible thing where you have to do the pull-up at the ladder what's the ladder called
0: it's a salmon ladder that yeah.
1: thing is the devil <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so funny. It is so funny to see people try that for the first time. I'll usually do like a quick demo, and I can do it pretty fast. And when I do it, and then I give them the bar, and I tell them go ahead try it. They literally grab the bar, hang on, and they're like, you can see the confusion <laughs> on their face They're wait. Like, and, and then and then they'll say this: like, "This is impossible. How did you just do this? This is impossible." I was like, yeah, there's a lot of training techniques involved, and you got to be strong and things like that. So the the obstacles can be impossible to you for a long time. I mean, there's still some things that are like, wow, I can't move. I, I can't do that. What this ninja is doing, this other athlete, but I'll get there. I'll work for it. Uh, I'll do. I'll find out what they training to get there. What their training was like. So you have to do certain exercises and things outside of it that'll get you stronger for it. And, and that's what I do. I do a lot of. Uh, I try to keep it very balanced because the show is balanced. You have to be agile. You have to be fast. You have to be strong, and you have to have certain. Uh, your hands have to be very strong. You have to have endurance and. I know part of my endurance is uh, nutrition. You know, I, I have stock. I try to stock up healthy nutrition in my body so that while I'm doing the obstacles and I feel my arms burning and things like that, I can still go longer than most people. So that that way I can finish that obstacle. But uh, yeah, it's it's very difficult and and there's a lot of endurance involved. Really, this uh, it's totally possible for all of us. That's where the we are all able comes from too. Again, that's such that's my my thing going on. But yeah, I, I couldn't do it before and I can do it now. So that means you can too.
1: What would you tell the average guy who's just um, maybe ha- was active ten years ago and hasn't done anything, or is a, you know a weekend warrior? That's that sort of thing. Do you have to be a top two percent athlete like yourself? Um, is, does it have to be complicated? Like, how do you break it down for kind of your your normal guy? What do you tell um, them?
0: I tell them really easily that first you have to prepare your body for the training. So you don't actually just start training. You actually you have to start eating healthy. You have to do a detox. And then you have to do yoga. And, and you know, four years ago, I would have never said that. I would have never said, hey, man, go do yoga before you do anything. I would have said, hey, let's go do some Olympic lifting. Let's practice that so you can get good at it and things like that. But now, you know, as I look back at it, I tell people, hey, you need to do yoga. Yoga is it's just so therapeutic and it helps align the body right. So that when you do train, it's more effective. So I, I've seen plenty of guys come in, and, and they're very strong at doing certain things. But once you put them, they can't get into a yoga position, and you're like, "Well, that's not that's not right," you know. And, and the truth is that just because they're strong in that position, it doesn't mean they're going to be able to do the obstacle. So. We have a lot of guys come to our gym and say, oh, I can do 30 pull-ups in one set. I'm like, that's great. So try the salmon ladder. And then again, they just grab it in this. This is impossible. So <laughs> it's really, really technical. Yeah, it's very technical. But I would start everybody. And I do that nowadays. I recommend yoga. If they don't want to do yoga, then I say, okay, fine. Then I can not help you. So I do shun people away because they don't realize that that there's some death in yoga that's so incredible. It's been around for thousands of years. And I tell them to do that first for six months and come back, and then we'll start to train. But uh, the, the yoga helps align the body so that you're not going through pains and, and things like that while you're actually getting stronger. So once you do the yoga, then you start doing some body weight training because most of us, I say most of us, but you know, you, a lot of people are overweight when they, before they, when they first start. So you definitely have to drop the extra weight. Um, when you're doing a, obstacles, your, your weight can be your biggest obstacle. So you, you have to stay very light and strong. And uh, we call that, that uh, strength to weight ratio. So most people can't do a pull-up, but I can do a pull-up with added weight. So my ratio has been flipped over compared to other people, and that's why you can see our strength on the show, which is a lot of ninjas, they can do all these things too.
1: I, I got to say, I was not expecting you to break out the yoga, Abel. <laughs> I <wasn't.
0: laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you get, I'm, I mean, I'm 31 now, so I'm getting older and I'm like, man, I wish I was 23 or 25. And I started doing yoga then. I, If I were to go back, you know, eating healthy, doing yoga, instead of doing all of the the, the regular exercises that I was doing, like bench press and, and crunches, I would totally regret doing all of that. So, uh, yeah, I would have done yoga and I would have... Uh, done a lot of calisthenics you know calisthenics is amazing and uh i if if uh, i had a choice coming into this life i would have been a gymnast growing up as a kid you know to my father or my mom hey you know let me try this because this is something that, that i can like that i like and I'll uh, you know but as a kid you don't get that those choices so you got to kind of go after it as an adult but yeah i like i like gymnastics i like Uh, yoga, calisthenics. I even do a lot of a strongman training too, where I'll carry like, you know, you flip tractor tires. They're just movements. They're functional movements that have resistance so that when you do the movement during the obstacle, it's so smooth and effortless. You just, you're just moving through the air. It's really cool to, to have that feeling that I'm just this, this being just floating through these obstacles, floating through, moving through.
1: Yeah, you guys make it look easy. That's what's so annoying is you make it look so easy. And so then we go to the gym and my buddy and I are like trying to do a (laughs) pull-up. Yeah. You guys guys do, you guys eat pull-ups for breakfast, okay? And we're like trying to do a pull-up and just hang for a minute. You make it look effortless. You make it look so easy.
0: It is fun. It is really fun to train like a ninja, to be on the obstacles. It's so fun. You just feel like a grown kid and everybody wants to be like a kid again, you know? So it's cool to have that movement, to be pain-free and moving as if you had never destroyed your body to begin with. And I say destroyed because I was so close to to not being able to do any of this stuff. So it's really amazing to be able to tell people that, hey, you can come back. You can move like a kid again. You don't have to have – your knees don't have to hurt. Your back doesn't have to hurt. You can do all these things you just need to do. These natural things like yoga and eat healthy, just normal things that we used to do a long time ago. We don't do them anymore.
1: Define calisthenics. How do you define calisthenics?
0: Calisthenics is just trying to put your body in positions that are not only healthy for it, they're okay, but it's against gravity and leverage. So leverage right away can make, can make your body seem very heavy. So because of that, you don't actually need weights to get stronger. In calisthenics, like I said, it can be therapeutic and it just really helps you with control and coordination Whether there are other things that you don't get from just lifting weights. So I, you know, control, being able to control your body movement with your breath and your breathing, just really, really, really uh, self-aware is what you become.
1: But like what? What do you specifically do?
0: Oh, I'll do um, like dips and pull-ups and, and planks and holds. Uh, I also do um, like handstands as a form of calisthenics and hand push-up, uh, handstand push-ups. Um, just just things where you put your body in, in positions where it's not normally there, and then it, you just uh, you get really strong that way. Yeah. Bar workouts are another form of calisthenics, but you can add things in there. So you just you just by using a bar and going up and down against gravity just makes you really strong.
1: Amazing. You're making me want to build like obstacles in my backyard, Abel. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's exactly what I did. So that's how it happened. You know, it's really fun.
1: But here, for the non-ninjas, and honestly, if Abel's not making you want to embrace your in- inner ninja right now, then I don't know what will. But for those of us who might not make it on NBC, or I don't know, put me down for season 8, <laughs> Abel. Put me down for there season 8. yeah. We'll get, we'll uh, get you yeah, For those of us who actually are really proud when we can crank out five pull-ups um, without the 100-pound weight strapped to us, um, <laughs> I think that the message here is uh, there's so much that any one of us can take away from what you're saying. I mean, you don't you don't have to have a gym to be able to pursue fitness you don't have to have a trainer to be able to pursue wellness i mean you can go to a used sports equipment store and buy some you know one set of heavy little dumbbells and you can kind of kick your own butt at home can't you you can do push-up you can do plank you can do inversions you can do headstand push-ups you can i mean hell just hold the plank position for two minutes and tell me how you're feeling when that's done you know that type of thing it doesn't have to be complex or expensive does it able
0: no it doesn't i mean i i started training myself you know specifically about three years ago as far as what did i want to do with my body take where did i want to take it and yeah it was always just uh you know at my house it wasn't anywhere special i was just you pull the bar and some things here and this and that and yeah and then it really jumped into getting olympic sets and and all that but it was just because i got more advanced but in the beginning you were more than it's more than hard enough to start with calisthenics you know that's enough resistance there And, uh, it's just really great way to, and cheap way to get strong and healthy. And you look great too. If you get good at calisthenics, you look like a superhuman. So it's pretty cool.
1: And that that is the message I want to leave people with is I want them to understand that first of all, fitness isn't for rich people, right? Wellness isn't for people with disposable incomes. It's within everybody's reach. Um, and I love that you took us on that journey today, Abel, and I can't wait to see you get back on season seven and do some damage to that course.
0: I appreciate it to have that, you know, that people believe in me so much. It was just a lot of fun to be on the show, and I know I can do all the obstacles. I know I can beat it, so now I just got to go out and do it. And that was the attitude that I took when I waited in line. It's the same thing I'm going to go back with.
1: Well, Abel, we're going to be watching for you, and we're going to be cheering for you. And honestly, no matter how things work out on that particular day, on that particular course, you are a star, Abel Gonzalez. And I can't wait to share you with our audience. And I can't wait for people to go find you. And guys, just remember, we are all Abel, and you can find Abel Gonzalez on Instagram, on Facebook, you name it—he's out there. And I would encourage you to uh, to join up with him and participate in what he's doing. And also, if you have a group that needs to be inspired Abel Gonzalez is your man he also does as I mentioned earlier speak to groups and as you can tell he's got a story to tell so Abel I can't thank you enough for joining us today I can't wait to talk to you after your success in season 7 and share more inspiration with the audience but until then friend good luck we'll be thinking about you
0: yeah thank you I really appreciate it thank you for the opportunity to speak appreciate
1: it you bet bye Abel Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. If you like the show, here are two ways you can pay it forward. Tell a friend, help spread the word, and leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher, whichever one you use. That helps the show enormously get traction, and our goal is to spread the word. So if this show spoke to you in any way or it made you think of somebody who could get something out of it, share this with them. And if you want to send me feedback, you can do that directly. Here's how this works. Go to onairwithella.com, find the page that's called Connect, and send me an email. You can tell me anything you want to hear about, ways you think we can improve the show, or just what's on your mind. So I want to hear from you. If you have constructive feedback, tell me directly. If you love the show, share it with somebody and tell iTunes and or Stitcher every great review helps and we read every one thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me you are quite simply awesome